Jana, the little sister. And I'm Jeff, her big brother. Welcome to Sibling Rivalry, a podcast about our favorite sport, baseball. This week on Sibling Rivalry Baseball. Hey Jeff, roses are red, violets are blue, a face like yours belongs in a zoo. Don't worry, I'll be there too. Not in a cage, but laughing at you. Ooh, burn. But you're in trouble. That's like a seven or eight game. In fact, it's probably more like a 10 game suspension. While I'm reeling from that taunt, let's take a look at the SRBB headlines. Willie Mays, the Say Hey Kid, celebrated his 90th birthday on May 6th. The Hall of Famer is the greatest living baseball legend. He hit 660 career home runs, won two MVP awards, plus 12 gold gloves, and a World Series ring in his 22-year Major League career. Happy birthday, Willie. That Giants kid is great. Former Twins and Orioles manager Ray Miller passed away on May 4th. He spent 42 years in baseball. As a pitching coach for the Orioles, he mentored two Cy Young Award winners and was part of the 83 World Championship team. He was also Doug Drabeck's coach when he won the Cy Young in 1990. He was the Orioles manager when Cal Ripken Jr. ended his consecutive game streak. He retired in 2005 and the Orioles inducted him into their Hall of Fame in 2010. The creator of the iconic footwear Vans has died. Paul Van Doren, who along with his brother Jim, business partners Gordon Lee and Serge Delia started the Van Doren Rubber Company in 1966. The checkerboard slip-ons that Sean Penn wore in Fast Times at Richmond High became bestsellers, selling millions of pairs. Van Doren was 90 years old. The New York Rangers and Washington Capitals turned hockey night into fight night at Madison Square Gardens with six fights in the opening period. Bad blood between the two teams carried over from their previous meeting. The Capitals' Tom Wilson was fined $5,000 after committing a series of penalties, including one that knocked out Rangers winger Artemi Panarin for the season. 20 penalties were issued in the first period 10 in the first minute, a total of 141 penalty minutes in the match. And if it matters, the Caps beat the Rangers 42. You can find these and past week's headlines on our website, siblingrivalrybb.com. Remember to rate and subscribe wherever you listen and tell a friend to listen to the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Big news for SRBB. We are the number one baseball show per Apple in the United Arab Emirates. Woohoo! Number one in the UAE. All right. High five. All right. So that's how long it takes for a high five to connect between <laughs> California and New Mexico. So, yeah, number one in the UAE. So. Yes. <laughs> that Thank last you to our uh, <laughs> listeners there. In the UA. Also, yes. I don't. I don't even remember them showing up on countries that uh, have listened. <laughs> Works for me. I'm good with it. Yeah, we're like, uh, we're that, and then like in all of sports, I think we're like number five or something in all the sports podcasts. Maybe we're not that high, but in baseball, we're number one. 
We're number one. So crazy. Thanks to the UAE for putting us on top. So that last story, that last headline got us thinking. Because we've seen some crazy, stupid suspensions in MLB this year that don't seem to make any sense. You got the player who caused the most damage only got a $5,000 fine in hockey, knocking a guy out for the season. He body slammed him on the ice. And then in the NBA, Kyrie Irving skips a post-game press conference and gets fined $35,000. Now, I know that hockey players don't make as much. I don't even have a clue as to who the highest paid pro hockey player is and what kind of money they make. But I know they don't bring in as much revenue as these other sports, or I don't think they do. So maybe money-wise, that 5000 to a hockey player is the same as 35000 to Kyrie Irving. I don't know. But what's the disparity here? And for missing a press conference? Yeah. I, it's like, I mean, if you miss the doctor's appointment, you have to pay, you know, anywhere from $25 to $100. Is that the same? You get fined because you miss your doctor's appointment. $35,000. <laughs> I mean, when I compare it to my life. That's, right. Like, $25 to me is $35,000 to Kyrie. <laughs> that's right. Well, so we saw the first suspension in baseball of the when the Reds and the Cardinals played and it all started from taunting because Nick Castellanos was fired up and ready to play and all he did was say like let's go well let's bleep and go or whatever he said but it was Yadier Molina who took exception, who take exception to every slight against the Cardinals. And he actually pushed him, but... Right, he pursued Castellanos, yeah. not the other way around. And in fact, after, this wasn't even after the main thing, when he got, he got hit by a pitch first. Yeah. And even though he was unhappy about it, he may have said something, he still took his base and was quiet about it. Yeah, so when he came around and scored, that's when he, you know, his emotions were amped up. But that's all he did. He yelled, and he was back, going to go back to his dugout. And then Yadier was like, nope, I don't think so. But he was fined. He was suspended for two days. He was fined $150,000 for that. He should have just skipped the post-game press conference. It's cheaper. <laughs> he would have been right, exactly. <laughs> but Molina wasn't suspended don't know if he was, he might have been fined. I think uh, Nolan Arenado was fined in that, in all of that right. too. He was for sure. So then we also have Jose Alvarado who plays for the Phillies. He was suspended for two games for inciting a bench clearing against the New York Mets. So he struck out Dominic Smith with two runners in scoring position to in the top of the eighth and he protected a one run lead. So he did his job. And he pounded his chest in celebration, which we see. It's a tense moment, and 
they pound their chest or they yell or whatever. And Alvarado motioned at Smith as he walked from the mound. And then next thing you know, he tosses his glove aside. He called on Smith and the bench is emptied and peace was restored. No punches were were thrown, but he got suspended for two games. Um, That's the part of these things that really gets under my skin is that they all come out the bullpen. Like, I guess those guys needed a run. Yeah. They all run in and then nothing happens. Yeah. You're going to have a brawl. I want to see. That's why I think Yasiel Puig is good for the league because remember, in fact, I think Amir Garrett, uh, who's also uh, involved in these suspensions a couple of years ago, basically tried to take on the whole Pittsburgh Pirates bench. <laughs> yeah, he did. And, and, and in that, Yasiel Puig ends out. And when you see a picture, there's Yasiel Puig behind home plate, surrounded by Pittsburgh Pirates. I don't see another red jersey or red hat in sight when he yeah. and and all I see is black and, and gold or black and yellow surrounding him. He's got a swarm of wasp around him and he's <laughs> taken on the world. Yeah. The rest of the Reds are like, yeah, we're going back. We nothing to see here. Yeah. You know, he's, he's in control. <laughs> Yeah, well, so this... I want uh, punches if you're going to do this stuff. Yeah, give me a body slam. Like right. in... Uh, Let's go hockey on this. <laughs> give me uh, folding chairs. Oh, I think that's... Yeah, we need some WWF <laughs> right there is what we need. We need some old school chairs, falling on tables, body slams, suplexes. So after the fly, game... Jimmy Superfly <laughs> Snooker coming off the top rope. That's right. Could you imagine that? Max Muncy coming off the top of the dugout. I could totally see that. <laughs> that would be so awesome. And you know who's a um he could be tag team with Austin Barnes. Oh yeah. Because he's a he's a scrappy. You know, he, yeah. they always say that he's always looking, you know, he's looking for, if there's a fight, he's going to be in the middle of it. So they nice. could be, they, they could be the tag team. <laughs> I could tell that's a great image of Max Muncy off the top of the dugout. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I can't go on with the show now because that's all I can think of. <laughs> uh, well, in this Jose Alvarado incident with Dominic Smith, Smith criticized Alvarado for acting tough with his teammates serving as his backup. He invited Alvarado to meet him in the tunnel if he wanted to settle it one-on-one. But Smith was not suspended in this, only Jose. Then you do have an instance where a suspension was probably warranted. Ryan... Tapira, who is a relief pitcher for the Cubs, he threw a pitch behind Woodruff. Now it was behind him, but earlier in the game, Wilson Contreras had been plunked, and he said, Tapira said, he wanted to send a message because he felt his team had been hit too often in the past couple of years. So this has been pent up <laughs> for two years. <laughs> And he was suspended for two games in that. 
And then I guess uh, last year they had to watch everything. They couldn't really, you know, all the COVID stuff and well, and they're supposed to be doing that this year because really that's why a lot of this, you know, the things are happening. But but if you hit the eighty-five percent as a team vaccination point, isn't that now available to you? Bench clearing that should brawls? be yes, that should be part of the you may now play games in the in the clubhouse. Bench clearing brawls are now allowed. <laughs> you don't you have to wear do the mask. You can do no, that. you can just go at it. But Amir Garrett, who charged the pirates dugout in uh, 2019, he struck out. Anthony Rizzo, who has to be like the nicest guy in baseball, but he pounded his chest and he yelled at Rizzo, which to me is funny because it's like Rizzo is probably like, okay, I struck out. I'm going back to the dugout. He's just walking (laughs) back to the dugout. In fact, he's like walking back. He's, he's thinking about what did I do? How did, how did this at bat go? And then he sees, you see him turn his head and kind of look back and go, eh, whatever. And he goes on. He wasn't, he didn't but Javi Baez cared. Javi, <laughs> yes, Javi Baez cares, and so he took exception. He jumps over the railing or comes out of the dugout, and the bench is cleared. No punches. Garrett suspended for seven games. Baez is not punished, even though he really is the instigator of this whole thing. Because, again, how many times have we seen pitchers in situations where they struck somebody out? The Reds were losing, I think, at this point. But he struck somebody out. He's happy. He obviously is an emotional type guy. But Right, because this isn't the first time he's been that way. No. And he's known to talk to himself on the mound anyway. Right. So... Javi should have at least known that they've, it's not like he never faced him or been in a game. They're in the same division. They see each other a lot. Right. Yeah. So it's, and he got, he was like, I say, uh, Amir Garrett um, was suspended for seven games in the pirates brawl. And then he's been suspended seven games for the uh, Cubs yelling at Rizzo. Which, uh, the only one so far that I've seen that was Adam Eaton, he received a one-game suspension and an undisclosed fine for his role in inciting the benches clearing incident because he felt like he had been pushed off of second base during uh, the first inning of the game between the White Sox and the Cleveland Indians. And he said that he attempted to advance to second base when a throw from right field went to third in an effort to get Tim Anderson. Eaton made it to second, sliding in ahead of the throw, but he was called out on the tag when he was forced off the bag by Cleveland shortstop Andres Jimenez. (laughs) Eaton certainly believed it was intentional and he was upset and he shoved Jimenez and Of course, the bullpen and the dugouts all came out. And so in that instance, where he really felt he was wronged in a play, this wasn't somebody yelling. He felt like he had been 
pushed off the bag, but he was suspended for a game. I think there were a couple of in Cleveland Indians that were suspended. Most of these have all been somebody yelled, somebody took exception, and then they got a suspension. Because we're all overly sensitive about everything. Yes. So here's what we can expect to see in the future of this suspension thing. Fernando Tatis Jr. hits a home run, over-celebrates, maybe even happens to glance at the other dugout. Does a cartwheel. Does a cartwheel, whatever. Because I'd like to see that. <laughs> that would be great. He could do that in a backflip on his way, like Ozzy Smith-style oh, yeah. backflip on his way to first base you or something like that. that. Or, yeah. or just as he passes second. But he over-celebrates. Somebody's sensitive little soul in the other in the opposing team's dugout takes exception to it and charges the field. Fernando Tatis, a few days later, we'll find out is suspended for eight games for inciting because that's all you have to do now is even though you can't control what somebody else thinks, your actions cause them to do that. And because you're responsible for everybody else's actions, apparently. He'll get fined and suspended, and the other guy will get sent to the safe room and given a chance to relax and feel safe with himself and his feelings. Yes, this is the new MLB. Right. There's no need for a video room anymore. This has to be the safe room. There can be a video in there, but it has to be of soothing sounds and scenes from a bubbling brook in a quiet forest or mindful meditations. So they can be safe. They can be. Did the You know what? All of the old time baseball players are rolling over in their graves (laughs) or their their ashes are rumbling around they're all they're like we used to go in spikes high ty cobb is like let me go back down there i'm gonna show these kids how to well think about just chase utley he was or lenny dykstra oh yeah (laughs) you know if you want somebody off the top of the dugout it's gonna be lenny dykstra (laughs) yeah I mean, he was, I think he was missing teeth. He, he was a brawler. Uh, even oh, yeah. to this day, I think he's still <laughs> on the wrong side <laughs> of the law, but, uh, of the bag or whatever you want to say. Uh, he is. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, all those kind of guys that were out there, they were hard nosed. They would go at you. They competed. And then, you know who who I see being that kind of guy, even though I've never seen him do it, would be uh, Brett Gardner from the Yankees, because yeah. he's a no nonsense kind of guy, and if you don't want to mess with him, yeah, I think you know you already mentioned Max Muncy. That's still, but <laughs> he would be that same because you know it was there's that joke during the World Series when uh, Manny Machado was yelling at Bruce Star Gratterall because Bruce Star was excited after getting through that inning. And then there's Max Muncy, you know, Mookie Betts is like, yeah, whatever, go back to your dugout. And Max Muncy's like, you know, get off my lawn kind of, <laughs> kind of persona. So he would fit into that role too. Cause he looks like, you know, you tell, oh, he looks like a nice guy, but you wouldn't want to cross him. Yeah. Maybe Anthony Rizzo is like that too. Like he's well, so you know nice. what? You gotta watch out for him 
because you don't know if he still has that um, hand sanitizer in his back pocket. Mm. Might just squirt it in your eye. Yeah, I was just thinking that. And then all he could say is, "He incited me." Exactly, and he okay, wouldn't you're even fine, get suspended. That's all right, it. Tony, you're good. And he'll be like, "Okay, I'll take a break." These suspensions are when you think about baseball, and you think, "Oh, they're doing all these things to make the game go faster," or whatever. I'm not saying that we need brawls all the time, but what gets the most press? Brawls. Right. So two teams really need a big time brawl to get baseball back on the map. We need to see that. We need something like blood running down somebody's face. We need <laughs> we need more than, you know, rats or raccoon in the tunnel. We yeah. need And I'm thinking What's a raccoon doing in Queens? I'm pretty sure it's a rat. There's a lot of trash there. <laughs> yeah, that's and true. They are trash pandas. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll later. talk about that later. You know, if there's needs to be suspensions, really, mm-hmm. and this is a topic for another show, and we probably talk about it every week. Uh, why isn't Angel Hernandez been suspended for inciting? Yeah. Or a few other umpires, especially him, but a few others. There's, I don't know how many times we've seen bench clearing incidents, but it feels like just in this short amount of season we've had so far, we've heard about more than we usually do. So there's all of those. There's been a lot of complaints and a lot of bad calls about the umpires. And there's been a lot of injuries this season. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as well it's time for dodger baseball big news this week for the dodgers was joe kelly's back (laughs) that was probably the that's probably the biggest news that they had the most positive thing maybe don't know let's see what did they do uh they went two and eight two and eight on their road trip which is the worst road trip record they've had since 2008. 2008 was the last time they had that bad of a road trip. They've dropped 15 of 20. And the last time they had consecutive wins, April 16th and 17th. And up until this week, even though they were on a losing streak, they were always winning at least one game per series. They weren't winning the series. But they were at least winning one game of the series. But that came to a screeching halt this week in the Windy City. Yeah, the Dodgers were swept by the Cubs. Dodgers were swept for the first time in two years. That series was the weirdest, most unlike Dodger play I've ever seen. The first game was postponed because of weather. So then they played game one and game two as a doubleheader. Kershaw started the first game of the doubleheader and went one inning. One inning. I don't think he's ever gone one inning. If no, he has. Definitely his worst start ever. Yeah. The Dodgers ended up losing the first game seven to one. Keeper Ruiz <laughs> hit a home run, but that was the only run for the Dodgers in that game. But it just was like, who are these players? guys on the field this is not these are not these are imposters or <laughs> they're not the guys that we expect so then game two comes around trevor bauer pitching 
looks good as always. He went 4.1, four innings, four hits, one run, one earned run, uh, four walks, seven strikeouts, but the Dodgers lost four to three because they were five for 30 at the plate. They were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. 0 for 9. They're putting a lot of burden on the starting pitching. Who's the And the Dodgers starting pitching has been great overall. I mean, obviously, Clayton had a bad outing. You know, even Trevor Bauer has not been as mm. shut down. He's had great outings, but he's still allowing a run here, a run there. The problem is, is that the Dodgers, who have shown in, in a few games that they can put up a lot of runs, especially uh, in game two versus the Angels. They've shown what they can do, but they don't do it enough. So Trevor Bauer goes out there, maybe gives up a run or two, but should win nine to two, and he doesn't get any support. It just doesn't look as good as the outing really was. And yeah. it puts a, it puts the pressure on him that he's got to mm-hmm. shut them out. He's got to shut out the other team every time because his team may only get one run or two runs. Right. So then you come to game three. The Dodgers lost in Zinnings. It went 11, and they lost 6-5. to five. It was a walk-off single from Anthony Rizzo that won the game there. Again, the Dodgers were 9-40 for 40 at the plate, 2-12 for 12 with runnings, runners in scoring position. There's just no offense. The, I mean, it was 6-5, to five, so obviously they got runs, but then they just... It's like the faucet, you know, the faucet's turned on and then the water, you know, is just starts to trickle out. So it's full speed or full blast out of the faucet and then it just trickles to nothing is what's happening because they just can't pick it up. Bueller pitched in that game. He was six innings, five hits, two runs, two earned runs, eight strikeouts. Again, you know, solid from the starting pitching. But another loss, and this one was tough because it was in Zinnings, and I don't think the Dodgers, I think they've won one extra inning game that they've been in, from what I remember. I think it was the one with San Diego. I don't think they've won anything else. At least it feels like they haven't won anything else. It doesn't feel like they've won in forever. Yeah. So they go to Chicago, and it's a bust. Not a good series for them. And they go back to Southern California where they head to Anaheim to see the Angels. Now, one of the things with this series is there were a lot of Dodger fans that were like, hey, the Dodgers are finally going to win this weekend. Well, guess what? You jinxed them and they didn't win. And they won one game that they almost lost. So They tried to. (laughs) <laughs> they really did try to give it away. And at this point, the Dodgers have no, every single team, even if they play the Tigers, they have to go full bore on every team because they could lose just because of the way they're playing. Yeah, they're only like, what, one game over 500? One, yeah. Had they not won that second game of this series, they would have been at 500. After starting out 13 and two. Yeah. They were on pace to win about 123 games, I think, at one point. Yes. Now they're maybe 90 something. (laughs) Yeah, which just isn't bad. It's still not a a loss, but Trevor Bauer, who 
spoke up, went off about it the other day, tweeting about this, like, we got to do something. We're not just going to sleepwalk into the playoffs. Is is saying that, too. We got to wake up and we got to do something. We're not just going to get there because we're nice guys or because we're defending champions. Yeah, he said, you can say it's early, no need to panic, and it's true, but at the end of the day, we're not going to roll the bats and balls out there and win baseball games. We're not going to sleepwalk our way to another division title and World Series. I don't necessarily want to speak for the team, but I'm pissed personally. I don't like losing. I want to win, and that's why I came here, and we're not playing up to our capabilities right now, so I am mad. Unquote. <laughs> I think I think a lot of players should be, and... They should be collectively trying to figure out how to what they need to do to to get back on, because this is a team that has shown through a lot of years how good they are. What's going on from top to bottom? Really, only Justin Turner has been consistently, you know, maintaining his numbers. In fact, the other day in that game too, uh, for the first couple of innings there. He was the only one who didn't have a hit. He finally got into the mix, but everybody yeah. else had hit and almost everybody else had scored. And he was the only one not, part, you know, partaking, I guess. And well, and it's funny, too, because you think of all the people, you know, in the lineup, Justin Turner, when they batted around, he made the two outs of, right. that, of that inning. <laughs> you think, okay, Um yeah, for a while there, I was looking, you know, you have the leadoff, Mookie Betts, and he, last year, he was the spark plug, and up until recently, probably just the last couple of days, well, maybe even in Chicago, he was a little bit better, he was that alternator in your car, and you know that it's starting to go out, because it makes that, like, grinding, awful noise, I had a car that did that and it was like really embarrassing because <laughs> you knew something was happening, but you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. And then it ended up stalling at a stoplight and that was even worse, but that's another story. Um, but it was that <laughs> alternator and that's what I felt like Mookie Betts was the alternator. But then I feel like maybe he has started to get on base, but nobody behind him is getting him around so he can be the spark plug, but we also need a spark plug in the middle of the lineup and at the end of the lineup. And we're just not getting that. Also the bullpen. I know the bullpen. Just and also this, and also this, see, there's just so <laughs> many levels that they're failing. It's time. They got to do well, something. I mean, to go on with it, this this engine may need an overhaul here because things are just not. What is the problem? Yeah, um, is it, it is it a hangover? Is it the sixty game thing? Everybody's going to blame last season and COVID stuff, but yeah. this season you got everything was as usual, right? Even if you had to wear a mask at some point, what does that have to do with playing the game? You're playing the game like any other time. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are coming out. I mean, they said this last year too, but it's like, oh, well, the Dodgers should have an asterisk next to their name because they won the World Series in a 60 game season. And this just proves that they they can't go the distance. I don't know. You, 
<laughs> you start I, to wonder. I don't buy into that, but not I for that either. reason that it's the 60 games. I think that they played differently last year because it was almost like a throwaway season. Nobody really knew what's going to happen. <laughs> so they just played all out. They had fun with it. They weren't wor- as worried about all of the analytics. Mm-hmm. And they just said, okay, people are going to play. They're going to do this. And they made it through because they almost didn't make it through. The Padres, if not for Cody Bellinger's catch, were right on the edge of eliminating the Dodgers. Right. And the Braves did their best if the Dodgers hadn't come back. Yeah. Uh, even, even uh, you know, a couple of a couple of turns with the uh, with the Rays and the Dodgers are missed would have missed out a third time. Right. So yeah. I think that a lot of things have changed back to the way they used to be. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because I think they were a better gelled team last year. If for the reasons you mentioned, they played, they had fun and they weren't worried about who's the better matchup, you know, all these different analytics and Dave Roberts has gone exactly back to that. And there's been some things, I mean, you can't blame Dave Roberts for everything, yes, but he is the manager and he we, is we managing blame, we the team. We blame Manfred for everything. Of course, everything right. is. Well. I'm even blaming Manfred for this. I, <laughs> I Sure. I, why not? But in, in the Saturday game, the Dodgers won 14 to 11, but at one point they were up 13 to nothing, 13 mm-hmm. to nothing. And they end up almost losing and, but they win by three runs, which is. They were know, lucky ridiculous. that the Angels bats went cold after well, that home run, right? Was it a Jared Walsh home run or. It seemed like it should have been a Jared Walsh home run if it wasn't, but I don't know. I don't, I think I was tuned out at that point. Like, I just can't watch this anymore. In fact, I know I texted you and said, I don't think I'm going to watch this anymore. And you hadn't been watching. And then you started watching again. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, I didn't watch a lot of it. We were busy doing stuff and I was paying attention but I didn't know what to expect. Normally, like last season or the seasons, be- you know, well, the season before the Angels played them tough. Yeah. But I didn't really know what to expect because both teams were coming off of both of them are in major slumps. Right. It seemed to be pretty even teams coming together to play. Right. So, yeah, I mean, the Dodgers scored in that game eight in the fourth, five in the fifth and then one in the seventh. Uh, they went 17 for 44 at the plate, 11 for 23 with runners in scoring positions. So they're like a lot better numbers there. Kershaw pitched five innings. And a lot of people are like, well, of course, you got to pull him because, you know, the team was up 13 to nothing or, you know, at that point. Right. But then Dennis Santana comes in, Mitch White comes in. Garrett Clevenger come in and Garrett Clevenger, I think he gave up a run, but it was Dennis Santana who gave up four runs and then Mitch White gave up six runs. It's a lot of going back to the manager is managing 
when you know that your bullpen is not as sharp as they once were, I don't think that the Dodgers, even being ahead 13 to nothing, had the luxury to just say, okay, all the starters, with the exception of Justin Turner, Corey Seager, Mookie Betts, they went and sat on the bench. And then you take Kershaw out. I don't think they have the luxury to do that at this point because they almost lost. And it just, and your bullpen, I really liked Oral Hershiser. You don't often, he's always pretty positive. But when Dennis Santana was pitching, he said, I am getting tired of Dennis Santana. He said he can spin the ball. He's a good pitcher, but he's lost it. And he doesn't know what he's doing out there. And I was like, wow, that's from Oral Hershiser, the bulldog. He knows what he's talking about. And Dennis Santana has like a 7.83 ERA. And that's who you're counting on out of your bullpen. And he's been coming in there a lot. It seems like every time I turn on the game or I come back to it later in the game, he's always seems to be in there. And I agree with Oral. He, there's no confidence in him, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, when you look at a a 13 to nothing lead or a 14 to four lead, as it was at one point. Yeah. And you say, this isn't even Kinley proof. Right. It's just not even bullpen proof. And they, they didn't, I, I mean, I think, a lot of us all thought the same thing. Okay, this probably over. Because it's not often that a team makes that big of a comeback. Right. But the Angels have a team that can do that if they put it all together. Mm-hmm. And they did. They so, started anyway. Now, yeah. for the Dodgers side of that, the one thing that kind of impressed me with all that is that they scored those 14 runs without a home run. Yes. Now, I think that's a positive. Yeah, that's a positive because they were really, you know, you're playing, I don't, you know, I guess at this point kind of small ball because you're just getting the hits where they need to be getting the play, you know, getting the runners around. But I was looking, I, I still, when I look at these, the pitching line, really, and then we come to game three, the Dodgers lost two to one. Trevor Bauer pitched again. He pitched six innings. He wanted to pitch more. He pled his case to Dave, and he wouldn't even listen pretty much to him if you watched the video. But I think at that point he had thrown like 113 pitches. But he's the type of guy that wants to go in and continue to throw. But then uh, Victor Gonzalez, Blake Trinan, they both pitched an inning. They gave up a hit, but they didn't give up any runs. And those are the two guys, for the most part, especially especially Victor Gonzalez, um, that you can count on from the bullpen. The rest of the guys are iffy. Now, I was looking at the World Series bullpen that the Dodgers had. So Julio Urias was in the bullpen. He's a starter now. Kenley Jansen. Brewster Gratterall, he's on the IL. Dustin May had Tommy John surgery. Pedro Baez is with the Asterix, but he's on the 60-day IL with shoulder injury. You have Victor Gonzalez. Blake Trinan is there. Tony Gonsolin on the IL with uh, shoulder, but he's seems like he's closer to coming back, but we don't know. But then you have Joe Kelly, who pitched and has a 54 ERA. 
54, no rehab assignment, which I think he should have had some type of rehab, uh, something. I mean, I know I think he was in Arizona, but he needed to be with the Quakes or at least a cup game. But anyway, because he was, it was bad. It was really bad when he came out. And he looks different, too. Does he have, like, longer hair? Yeah, his hair, is, <laughs> he's kind of got a bushy hairdo now. Instead yeah. Of slick back, <laughs> shorter hair look. So, maybe, I don't know. But well, then, maybe you um, thought that was going to work better for him. Maybe. So then, uh, uh, like I said, yes, Blake Trinan. But you also had Alex Wood in the bullpen. He's now with San Francisco. He's a starter. He's 4-0 with a 1.80 ERA. And then Dylan Floro is in Miami. He has a two and one record with the one point one of one point one five ERA. Jake McGee is also he's in San Francisco along with uh, Alex Wood. He's one and zero, has nine saves, a four point eight zero ERA. And then you have Adam Kalerik, who has a six point four three ERA in Oakland. So you're missing those parts, those pieces. You wonder. And overall, those guys are all doing well where they're at. Right. Be nice to have them back in this bullpen. Because we have Garrett Clevenger, who's 0 and 3, 6.23 ERA. I don't know how many blown saves. Victor Gonzalez, really good, 1.42. Kenley Jansen has a 0 and 1 record, but he has five saves, and he actually has a 1.88 ERA, which surprised the heck out of me. I think that's one of the few things that Dave has done better is Kinley management. He's not expecting Kinley to be there every single day anymore. He's using him a little sparingly. And when Kinley does pitch, he doesn't come in like he's pitched four or five days in a row. He comes in having a, he he's almost relieving like a starter. Yeah. He pitches every, you know, fifth day. Pretty much, kind of yeah. Thing. And then, like I mentioned, you, Joe Kelly, who came back and has a 54 ERA. Jimmy Nelson, he's looking better, 3.46 ERA. Blake Trinan had 2.35. Alex Vasia, he has really struggled. He has a 9 ERA. The one that surprised me was Mitch White. He has a 1.35 ERA. And but he has had really good games, but in that second game with the Angels, he did not have a good game at all. Gave up six. You miss the good parts. I think for a lot of relievers, it's like if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, you don't pay attention, you don't notice. But when they're not, so when I see him, it seems like every time I see him, something's wrong. Yeah, and, he's always chewing his bubble gum, which I don't you know, know why. And, I'm sure it has something to do with his pitching, you know, he, his that's rhythm just and his rhythm. Yeah. But it bugs me. I don't know why, because he just looks like, you know, he's just out there chomping his gum. Like, there's no big deal. Throw the ball, chomp my gum. And, but obviously it obviously works for it's him. It's working, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so let's see. He, he can continue. Let's see what uh, what happens if the Dodgers can turn things around. They've got Seattle coming in this week. Then soon to be maybe our favorite team. We may start doing the, the Marlins section of the show instead of the Dodgers. Uh, if uh, the Dodgers keep up the way they are. But the Marlins will come in next weekend. And, uh, and then uh, 
they'll finish up their homestand with their first meeting of the season with Arizona. How about your player of the week? If you can find so uh, my find player one? of the week is Lewis Hamilton. He had an awesome pit stop. Oh, sorry. That's Formula One. Sorry. I was. <laughs> um, he did win in Spain. Isn't he number one in the he ranking? He is. He's number one. He had his 100th position. But anyway, um, no. I So I looked through the Chicago series, the Angels series, and I went with somebody that I thought was kind of becoming that grindy alternator, but he's back to being the spark plug, and that's Mookie Betts. He was 7 for 23. It doesn't sound like a lot, but he was 7 for 23, which is a 304 batting average. He had a home run in five RBIs, but he was the spark plug that helped get things moving and rolling for the Dodgers. So that's who I went with, was Mookie. Plus, when I saw him fall, when he got tagged at third base, but I think it was Rojas. I'm trying to think if it was Rojas. Rojas who he, he tagged him in a very unfortunate place of the anatomy. And all I saw, I didn't see the tag. The knee? And all I yeah. <laughs> uh, he tagged no, me on my ankle. A little He got higher. my clavicle. <laughs> A little higher. <laughs> um, I didn't see. You got no. him in the nose. <laughs> lower, you're lower. <laughs> I didn't see where the tag was right in the privates, but he. All I saw was Mookie fall onto the ground, and I thought, "Oh no, what happened to Mookie?" And then he got up and was, you know, laughing and. You know, he was fine, but well, it you was... have to you have to exaggerate anything that happens in that region if you're a guy. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the end of the world. Uh, well, and then I think he ran the bases when he did get on base on Sunday's game. I think he uh, had, you know, he was always covering himself and playing <laughs> when playing he was on base. So, yeah. So I went with with Mookie. I didn't even think about Mookie. In the player of the week, I looked through everybody just like you did, but I went for the guy that's been taking a lot of flack lately, even though he's been a pretty solid contributor, even though his batting average is down, not hitting as much, but he's been on base a lot, top 10 on base percentage, and that's Max Muncy. In the uh, last week, he was five for 20, so it's only 250, but he hit two home runs five RBIs, five walks, and his walks come in good times. You get somebody on base, open up the door. He's been a table setter a couple times there. So I'm going to go with, uh, with Max as my player of the week. All right, good pick. Who would have thunk that the biggest story coming out of Freeway Series weekend wouldn't be the Angels winning the series but it would be a personnel move that the angels made when they dfa'd future hall of famer albert Pujols. honestly i didn't even care about whether they won or lost the freeway series i kind of was even hoping the dodgers would win it and to heck you wanted me. to eat all the donuts that's the that was the real reason the whole box well, maybe i wasn't going to share 
but it, it really hit differently than I expected. I knew that he was going to leave. And I think had they done this two or three seasons ago, it probably would have, I probably would have taken it a lot differently. But the way that they do it now, and I understand from both sides what their reasoning or how it ended up like this, it still bothered me here. Usually you're, you're in your last season of a contract. This guy is breaking new records or on the verge. You know, it's like 33 home runs from 700. Give him the chance to do that. Right now, because he's not playing anywhere, he didn't have the time. The Angels said, Shohei's working out better than we thought. Jared Walsh has shown that last that one month wasn't a fluke. So there's no room for you here. But it hadn't been the truth so far because they moved Jared Walsh to right field. He'd been doing a decent job. Yes, he's better at first base. But then you had him. You had Albert's bat. They keep throwing different people out into right field. Collectively, they're not even batting 198, which is what Albert was batting at the time. But he's been batting in that area 200, 225, 198, off and on for a while. He's got five home runs. It took him a long time. I don't think last season it took him. I think maybe he had six on the season. So it just it got under my skin, and I was just not happy. I think when I heard the news, I was it really shocked me that it was that they did that. Because it seems so impersonal. And so, like, we don't need you anymore. And it's like, how do you say that to Albert Pujols? Like, he's, I mean, at least to me, he's, this was his last year anyway. So keep him. He, I know they said, well, he's not a bench player. Well, and he said that part, too. he, He wants to play. He's motivated. Perry Manassian said, wherever he goes, I don't bet against him. Yeah. I didn't like the, it just seemed like it wasn't handled well. And even Joe Madden said, you know, he was in the lineup, but then he was told to take him out of the lineup. And he said, I just did what they, you know, told me to do. But I went back and I looked and I think, well, is this, you know, how could they do this to a future Hall of Famer like Albert? But he is in good company. Steve Carlton, it happened to him four times. Uh, Ricky Henderson, uh, Frank Thomas, and Vladimir Guerrero. They're all Hall of Famers. All of them suffered this fate at some point in their career. Now, it's different, maybe how it was done or where they were in their careers. But it just, yeah, it leaves a really sour taste in your mouth. Twitter, the Angels fans that have never liked Albert thought this was the greatest day. But, you know, there's, it made me think about something else, and I'll bring it up in a second. But all those guys kept wanting to play even when they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I think somebody even posted a picture on Twitter of we know how this goes for Albert. And there's a picture of Mike Piazza and Frank Thomas, both in A's uniform. Yeah. And all these guys, they don't feel like they're done. I don't know that Albert doesn't necessarily think that he's done. I think that he's trying to hit those 33 more home runs. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, too, at the beginning of the season, or maybe before, maybe it was around spring training, his wife had kind of made that, you know, like, this is it. This is his last year. He's going to retire. You know, I think which I think most people probably expect are expected that to happen after this because he had a what it's like a 10-year contract that he had mm-hmm. plus he has another he has a service contract with the right, angels which so I, if i'm him 
I'm probably trying to find my way out of that one. Yeah. <laughs> Just and awkward. He had said that he would maybe go into the Hall of Fame with no uh, nothing on his hat out of respect for both clubs. No, he's going to be a Cardinal when I he think, goes in. But see, that's what I think the plan was because at the time that he signed, Vladdy hadn't gone into the Hall yet. Right. Now Vladdy's gone in. I think when they signed him to that extra was to get him to go in as an angel. Well, and I wouldn't that one up. at that point. No, I wouldn't. I, and I, I think just... that if he knew that this was his last season, had he told them, this is it, I'm done after this, they couldn't have done this to him because he'd no. have been on a farewell tour. Right. Yeah. I, I even heard that they said, somebody asked, well, are you going to do um, – you know, a tribute or, you know, do something for him. And they're like, well, at this point, you know, be kind of weird. Can't <laughs> awkward now, but, but the angels front office put themselves into that position. I think that this, this coat could totally have gone so much better. And it just feels like, okay, you're washed up. And, but he really, he, was he really washed up? I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he's 41 years old, and he's... The problem is, though, is you have a comp with a fellow Dominican yeah, in Nelson Cruz, who is hitting great, and Nelson's about the same age. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's like part houses, of the right? But <laughs> the he's comps always, on the neighborhood. Uh-huh. But Nelson Cruz is DH all the time. Yeah. There's nobody keeping him out of there like Shohei is. And, of course, Shohei, he's got a co-lead in home runs. So, you know, it's hard. I, I get that part, that it's hard because he's very, I don't know, one-dimensional. He's the first baseman in a DH. Mm-hmm. And there's not much else. He can't play right field, and you wouldn't want him to at this point. You could teach him if he was younger. But Jared Walsh has been out there doing a, a good job. And, and like I said, who are you putting out there? every day somebody else they they traded because max stassi has a concussion they traded for another catcher drew butera from the rangers who has a 198 batting average now i know he's younger and he had and he's a catcher so there's differences they end up calling up john jay what's now i know john jay can play the outfield i i get all those things but it's like do you want somebody look at your team and tell me that Albert Pujols, even if they hadn't signed Albert, if they hadn't signed him 10 years ago, would the Angels have ended up in the same situation they've been in all along? And I say yes. Albert Pujols has not kept them from making the playoffs. And Artie's aversion to signing pitching is the bigger problem. And that yeah. brings me to, to a point that I thought about. Michael Nelson Trout has reached... This is, I think, his 11th season now. He's got 10 years in the bigs as of last year. So this would be the 11th year in baseball. And while he is the best player in baseball right now, I saw a thing off of, I believe it was off of MLB Network, comparing Trout and Pujols through their first uh, almost 1,300 games. Pujols leads Trout in every category through their first 1,300 game. 334 average versus 306. 333 home runs versus 310. 
Uh, RBIs, he already had over 1,000. Trout's at 816. 985 runs, 965. That's the closest they are. OPS, 1.051 to a 1.004. Those are career statistics. That's through 1,282 games. So if all of a sudden, and we've seen this season, Trout's looking great, but if he starts falling off, because a couple of people said, greatest moments in Angel history, 2002. The day that Mike Trout became an angel for life. Today, May 6th or whatever day it was that uh, that they released um, pulls. And I'm thinking, why would that be a great day? And, and number two, when, when Trout gets to a point that he starts falling off, and what if that's next year? We don't know. It's not likely, it doesn't seem, but it could. Look at what happened with pull holes and things fall off. Is the next group of Angels fans going to say, when are we going to get rid of this guy? He's dragging us down. Yeah, he used to be great. He's a Hall of Famer, but he did all that in his first 12 years in the league or his first 10 years in the league. We don't need him. Are everybody, is everybody going to be the same way as they were with pull holes? Everybody's going to fall off. And this guy has done, yes, he didn't do the same in his first 10 years as he did in his last 10 years, but he still, he hit 222 home runs as an angel. There's players that hit maybe one home run in a 20, you know, if they even made it to 20, he's 22 years in the league. I, anyway, we, I could go on with this forever. It merely ticked me off about the angels. And I honestly am not even all that interested in, in them this season now, I, I, I see a lot of issues and it's not even about pools. It's just about overall management. And once again, I think that that's an Artie Marino issue more so than, you know, the off season went the same as Jerry DePoto's off seasons as Billy Epler's off seasons. Perry Manassian is just, he, he wants to probably do things thought he could come in and maybe work it around differently, but he's like that the lady who says she can change somebody. The women out there, there's like, I can change him. <laughs> He'll be all right. I can change. They, they're the same women who think they could change Satan, <laughs> you know, and nobody's going to change Artie. Artie runs a team. He's going to sign who he wants. He signed Rendon. Rendon, who's a great player, but he hasn't played much this season back on the IL again. And it just, I think it put a doubt. It, it kind of soured the whole freeway series, not only for me, but I think quite a few other players. And, you know, I'm going to stand up and say, I'm not going to any more angels games until Artie's not the owner. Well, like Artie cares. Yeah, exactly. That's you know, yeah. It's true. gotta be a lot. And a lot of people were happy with the move. And then I go, well, but I have to go. The 50th anniversary of my first Angels game is this season. So I have to go. And about 10 days after, they're not at home on the actual date. But 10 days later, on August 31st, the Yankees are in town. So I would be able to celebrate the 50th anniversary of my first Angels game versus the Yankees. Seeing the Angels and the Yankees uh, 50 years and 10 days later. Nice. All right. So day two got swept in the series before the freeway series. Tampa Bay came in, took him out. Like I said, this was the World Series uh, participant week and Tampa Bay took him out. There was just I don't even want to talk about it. That's how bad it was for them. The uh, we talked a lot about the uh, the freeway series. 
balanced on the on game one, nine to two for the Angels. They overall had a, a pretty balanced attack against the Dodgers. And the odd thing is, is every starter except Jared Walsh had a hit in that game, which is strange because normally you read Jared Walsh leads things or contributed something, not in that game. Now in game two, which looked like it was going to be a blowout, 13 to nothing at one time, 14 to four. And then I think it was the seventh inning. They exploded for seven runs. And then their bats went cold. Jared Walsh did step up in that game, two for four with three RBIs. And then he was, Jared Walsh again was the reason that uh, the Angels won two to one on uh, the Sunday game on the wrap up. He had a two run double. I think it scored Trout and uh, Shohei. Actually, Quintana only gave up that one run. It was his best outing of the season as far as I've seen. So they had a pretty good freeway series. Last year, they got swept by the Dodgers. This year, they're up 2-1. and one. It shows two things. It showed that the Angels really can be a playoff team and a, an above 500 team and, and, and be really good. But I think it also further highlighted that there's something fundamentally wrong with the Dodgers. Yeah. So, <laughs> I yeah. think so, too. Uh, Unfortunately. When uh, when Shohei pitched, he pitched well. Then the bullpen, just like the Dodgers bullpen, the bullpen fell apart. Uh, only Chris Rodriguez was solid, and Chris Rodriguez is now on the IAL. I think he's got a, a shoulder issue, so he's out. Junior Guerra, he's the one that gave up everything. And then in game two of the series, Dylan Bundy pitched. And right now I'm thinking Alex Cobb's been terrible. Dylan Bundy's starting to fall apart. I think they should have gone after John Means, who seems to be having, <laughs> that's the Oriole we really wanted. <laughs> right. Well, and Alex Cobb is dealing with a uh, blister. So aye, aye, aye. you don't want to get the, uh, the rule book boss out there. No, he's, it looks like he's got something on his blister. And the bullpen for the Angels has been hit and miss. Chris Rodriguez is the only one that really been solid across. Uh, Tony Watson overall has been good. C-Shack, I don't, he's a veteran. He's had good times, but he's not been good. In 14 games, he's got a 6.35 ERA, a 2.471 whip. So he, he's given up uh, at least a hit and a walk or two hits or two walks or something every inning he pitches. It's just incredible. Uh, Griffin Canning, Patrick Sandoval, they look pretty good together. Uh, Griffin has been pretty solid across. And then Patrick Sandoval, they had kept trying him as a starter. I think the bullpen's a better place for him. He can't ever seem to get anything going when he starts, so it's better if he just comes in, does a couple of innings, and gets the heck out of there. And then a, a report here, because I'm sure that people are going to start banging on this drum. Taylor Ward's been playing a lot of right field lately, but Joe Adele, his season has finally started and he's about what, five or six games into the season. He's batting 275 with three home runs, an OPS of over a thousand. So I'm sure that people are going to start saying, well, when are we bringing Joe Adele up? He's not at the alternate training site. Brandon Marsh is. 
who was behind him in line. So, and I think that they need, but it shows that he can at least be a triple layer with high success. And maybe that's his whole thing. I, I don't know. Maybe he's going to be a journeyman MLB player eventually, or maybe this is just what he needs and he'll come in and he'll be a top notch player. But I, I, I still don't see him being a superstar the way that they think he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so the Angels uh, hit the road. They'll be playing uh, playing the Cheaters in the Cheater Dome or whatever they call that, Cheater Maid Park. I don't know. If I'm Minute Maid, I don't want my orange juice or other juice, lemonade, whatever else they make, uh, connected to the asterisks. No. Anyway, they're going to be there, uh, hit, hopefully hitting a lot of home runs. See, this is a that was a dumb move. Who's hit more home runs in Houston than any other player in the league? Albert Pujols. Yep. So they're going to be there, and then they're going to head to play the Red Sox in Boston, and then they'll come home to take on Cleveland for the first time this season. Player of the week. You got uh, you got one. I'm sure that uh, it probably pains you to uh, to have a player a week because you know that they did good things against uh, your Dodgers. Yeah, they did good things. I went totally out of the box on this one because I know he's your favorite pitcher, but I felt like he deserves something for his role in Sunday's game. So I went with Jose Quintana because he had a much better start. Now, he only pitched four innings, and he gave up two hits and one run, but he had six strikeouts. And so maybe he's maybe getting turning. Which cliche the, do you want to use? Turning Turn the, the corner. corner. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But because I'm, you know, I looked at the Tampa Bay series and – that, you know, I, so I went with somebody that I probably never would go with because I always go with David Fletcher or Jared Walsh, but I thought maybe just, you know, let's mix it up and, uh, go with Jose Quintana. This sounds like a bum garner kind of thing from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> right. Oh, he had a good Did outing. You? So, and I got to give it to somebody different to mix it up a little bit. You had you a no hitter, with, but you know, we don't count it as a no hitter. Right. You could have so went with we, Andrew Haney. That's true. Andrew it Haney did 6.2 innings, 10 Ks, only four hits given up to him. And if not for Mike Myers, Aaron Sleegers, and Felix Pena, they probably, uh, they probably, it would have been a, a, a win. Yeah. But they let Andrew Haney down. Well, I looked at all the familiar, you know, the, the what is it, the usual suspects. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Trout has been solid. He's consistent. Jared Walsh, but he did not have a hit in that one game in game one of the freeway series. So tanking. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) man, what is going on? He's on the downward so much for for his, he's he's turning the wrong corner. But when I looked at everything, it's somebody else that we'll probably see. And I think I've already given it out once to him this season. I went with Shohei. Yeah, I think Shohei was mine last week, I think. And 
<laughs> I, I looked at Fletch. Fletch overall looked pretty good during the week. He he batted around 300, 333 or something like that. But Shohei was eight for 24, seven runs, six RBIs, two walks, two home runs. And that gave him share in the lead for home runs with, uh, I think it's, I know Ronald Acuna Jr. And I think J.D. Martinez, maybe? I think so. Yeah, he's up there. So that's my player of the week. Craziness around the league, still more injuries. I don't know what's going on with that, but there's a lot of injuries this season. And a crazy happening. We doubled the amount of no-hitters on the season in just this one week. So let's go there. And the first one we'll talk about is the first no-hitter of the week. That was almost a perfect game. And this is also the guy who got AL Player of the Week. So all you got to do is throw a no-hitter, whether it officially counts or not, and you get to be the Player of the Week. So all pitchers should be striving, Driving not for that. necessarily for the no-hitter. That's like secondary, but becoming the Player of the Week by throwing... A seven inning no hitter, a nine inning, whatever it takes. You know, whatever it's like it takes. In, in Mr. Mom, you know, 220, 221, you know, whatever, whatever it, it takes. takes. Yeah. And the uh, guy I just mentioned a couple seconds ago, John Means, threw what would have been the third no hitter of the season and was almost perfect. Did that versus Seattle. And he's the first Oriole since. I'm not sure which way you're going here because there's two ways. <laughs> it could be the first Oriole to be named player of the week since Trey Mancini, or it could be the first Orioles pitcher to win, uh, to, to throw, throw a, a no hitter since Jim Palmer in 1969. Right. You, you weren't even here yet. No, I was not even. A Actually, that's like the golden days. That's that's when I was an only child. Oh, well. The summer of 69, I was still an only you child. Were only, yep, you were. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he's. Oh, glory he's, days. <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, boss. Appreciate that. Uh, player of the week in the NL for the same exact reason. Wade Miley. With he his, it was the, the first of his career. Right. First of his career. I didn't, I missed how many that was for the, that the Reds had thrown. They've thrown quite a few there. Uh, he is the oldest to ever throw a no hitter for the Reds. Uh, about a year older than Tom Seaver when he threw his. My favorite part of Wade Miley throwing the no hitter is during the interview after the game, they ask, you know, what helped you get through this game? And he had a, you know, one of those kid tattoos of the Hulk on his arm. And he said his son, Jeb, who's four, said, you know, come on, you know, dad, you got to wear this, this Hulk tattoo. So he put it on his arm. So then he said, well, maybe I'm going to have to get the real thing on his arm. But he said he's too afraid of tat of uh, needles, so he'll probably just take the tattoos from his son and you know the ones that you can put on with water. That's what right. It was. Yeah, the little uh, uh, yeah. What do they call those? So the Reds fans and um, Wade Miley, they should all be. And Wade Miley gave credit to his son to his son Jeb for <laughs> the no hitter that almost 
almost was nearly foiled because Zach Plesak was uh, matched him with eight shutout innings of his own. Well, luckily for the Reds, they scored three off of the Indians' bullpen, and then Miley came in to finish off with the eight-pitch ninth inning. So very nice. cool for both uh, John Means and Wade Miley. Great uh, matchup between the Yankees and the Nats. Corey Kluber, who's been pitching pretty well as late, seems like he's regaining some of his glory, took on Max Scherzer in his follow-up game. His last, uh, his last outing being a complete game success prior to the birth of his son, goes out, strikes out 14 in that game. Corey Kluber, six Ks, but uh, was pretty solid, went five and, uh, and two-thirds, but uh, looked pretty good. The Yankees end up winning that. Brad Hand, ace reliever, actually blew the lead twice in that game in back-to-back innings. <laughs> nice. Well, I thought you were going to mention the Yankees and the Asterisks. Well, I was how... leading into that. I wanted to get that <laughs> other stuff out of the way. I wanted to bring up the Yankees. Giancarlo Stanton. Yes. Playing like they signed him to play. Finally. And he's. For a few days been, anyway. Right. Well, he's. That's the. That's the weird thing. He and Aaron Judge. When they play, they play great. The problem is, is there always some sort of injury with them? Yeah, they're very streaky. Yeah, with injuries. Right. They're only streaky about their playing time. They'll play three or four in a row, and then they're out for a few. And then, yeah. So all of that taken care of, now we can talk about the asses. (laughs) I'm sorry, the asterisks. Oh, so the Yankees and the Asterix, uh, Asterix came into the Bronx and the Yankees fans, this is really all about the Yankees fans. They were ready for the Asterix. In fact, one guy came to the game in an Oscar the Grouch costume, but when he got to the gate, they told him he had to take it off because, you know, they... Manfred wouldn't allow that. They, you know, would hurt people's feelings, mainly Altuve. And then they'd have to go to the safe room and they'd have a delay a game. And <laughs> they might have to play a doubleheader the next day because they couldn't make it through. And they had inflatable trash cans. They were, it sounded, I think there, I'm not sure how many people were in the stadium but it sounded like it was triple that amount. The yeah, the noise. It, 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 it sounded was... <laughs> like it was uh, over capacity. Yeah, they State. let everybody in. <laughs> yeah, I was. I saw pictures of them confiscating like those inflatable trash cans. I saw a picture of the Oscar the Grouch thing, and they whined and cried and complained the way that they were being treated. Yeah, they said their they sense said, of entitlement. Daddy Manfred, can you please help us? They're making fun of us. They're booing us. They get booed at every every road trip. I mean, they should be used to it. And they should have been ready for New York. New York is notoriously over the yes. top with stuff like that. Always, always. I mean, 
they're going to come to LA later this season and they're going to get booed, but I don't think they're going to get, and, and LA has got a bigger bone yes. with them than New York does. Right. And they're still not going to get booed here the way that they got booed there. Yeah, no, they were prepared. They had two years, let's say, well, yeah, so 2019, so what is this, like two years in the making, they were they were ready. They had plans. They had the I think the they were having prints. meetings. Yeah. They were doing Zoom meetings throughout. Yes, okay, this is I what think they'd do like do. one meeting. They'd all be listening in about whatever's going on with the pandemic, and then they swap off the national feed and go to their own personal this is what happens when the asterisks come they had event planners they had yes they had the whole the whole nine yards shebangy so yeah the asterisks the big crybabies a couple other things to to look at around the league before we get to what's rapidly becoming the longest part of around the league the il list rockies and the cardinals met up for the first time this season oh that's right nolan ornato took one out of the yard into his former team's bullpen what i thought was funny in that is is the ball lands in the bullpen normally at least one or two and i know normally it's their own team but somebody will go over and pick up the baseball the rockies relievers and bullpen staff just sat there. They didn't even move. The ball hit. It rolled forward about to the middle of the bullpen area on the one end. Nobody moved. That ball can just sit there forever as far as we're concerned. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, I know that the players and, you know, in the clubhouse, they had to have known the tension with Nolan Arenado. But I wonder how they feel. Like maybe he gave up on them or, you know kind of thing. I'm sure they probably wished him the best and that he needed to, you know, maybe go someplace else. I don't know, but I I wonder how they, you know, were they happy to see him back at Coors Field? Eh, I don't know. Well, they were playing in St. Louis. Oh, so. in St. Louis, I mean, but I'm sure when he goes back to Coors Field, he'll get a well, very nice reception. I maybe. don't remember <laughs> if I mentioned this before, but there are fans in Colorado who have gone out and bought the powder blue version of the Cardinals Arenado uniform and right. are wearing them to games. So when he does come to Coorsfield, the fans will definitely give him a very nice reception. And I'm sure his former teammates will be, you know, happy to see him. But yeah, I yeah, they weren't gonna they weren't gonna get that ball for for Nolan. No, but I, I thought, thought they, know, at they least should get just it, throw, throw it back. Yeah, that's what they should have done. Throwing it back on the field. That would have been awesome. I don't know why they would be mad at him. This no. wasn't him. No, was, it really is a problem. And honestly, probably by him doing what he did helped to facilitate British stepping down mm-hmm. and maybe opening the door to a better relationship for those guys. Yeah. Yeah, probably so. So he could be a pioneer for those those players there. The, the players he left behind. <laughs> That's right. All right. Um, the Giants had an interesting organizational situation. I guess a human interest story, if you will. Yeah, so Drew Robinson uh, made the Sacramento River Cats roster 
they are the AAA affiliate of the San Francisco Giants. And the, the story about Drew Robinson is really one of, I, I mean, there had to have been some divine intervention, somebody, something going on, and then just perseverance is he lost his right eye in a suicide attempt in uh, last year. And he, how, I, I don't even know, but for 20 hours, he, after this happened, he woke up and he couldn't see out of his eye. He knew something was wrong. He was able to call 911 and was able to, you know, get to the hospital and has made a full recovery and he did have a year of rehabilitation so he had a really good minor league spring training and the giants felt that he was ready for triple a so it's really in uh, quite the story that he would be at the point where he would be so low as to you know be at that point in his life that he didn't want to be here anymore and now he started playing shortstop but with only having one eye that was really hard so he's an outfielder and he did play in the first game I think he was 0 for 4 but he said he just is going to continue to work and you know get better at what he's doing so he is the one-eyed outfielder for the Sacramento River Cats. Well, hopefully he'll be successful and I'm sure he'll be a role model for any kids who have issues they don't think that they can overcome. Ending your own life isn't necessarily the answer. All right, before we go to the IL, there was some weirdness in New York. All right, I know what you're thinking. There's always weirdness in New York, but this time it really was weird. All of a sudden, in the Met dugout there's a commotion down in the tunnel that goes back up to the clubhouse nobody really sees it until the camera catches a couple of players i know jonathan villar was one i don't remember who the other one was they're walking by they see something and all of a sudden they rush down into the dugout and down into the tunnel what's going on other players come and if we leave it to jeff mcneil and francisco lindor who were the guys in the tunnel you would wonder what's happening at City Field and why they haven't called an exterminator. Was it a rat? Was it a raccoon? That is the big debate in New York. And if it was a raccoon, I'd be like, you know, okay, they're kind of cool. But if it was a rat, I'm out of there. Like I'm jumping, I'm running up the tunnel. Are you jumping ship like a rat would? <laughs> it would be. <laughs> I do not like rodents. I would be out of there so fast. I wouldn't be debating, well, is it a rat? Is it a raccoon? And I don't think anybody knows to this day. (laughs) I think it was a figment of their imagination. (laughs) Because out of context, and a lot of people would say, oh, it's probably a rat because it's New York. Right. And you figure these tunnels, whenever you see depictions of the tunnels, they look like like a tunnel that would be out on the street. You wouldn't be surprised if there was a rat in New York. (laughs) Right? No, because I've been to New York City and I've seen rats. Right. I've been there. I've seen them (laughs) as well. 
But you wouldn't think in the tunnel going from the dugout to the locker room or to the clubhouse that there would be rats in there. But I guess it's possible. I just, you know, so <laughs> you're, you're thinking about thinking about that possibility. And by doing that, by saying there was a rat or a raccoon, or I believe Jeff McNeil came out later and said, I think it may have been a possum actually more than a <laughs> raccoon. Awesome. That this was to deflect from what was really happening in there. And if you look at the whole context of things, right before that, there was an issue on the field. And apparently McNeil and Lindor, as the second baseman in the shortstop, have not fully gelled yet. Right. They're they're kind of awkward together as far as a double, you know, they're no Whitaker and Trammell. They're no Lopes and Russell. No. Morgan and Concepcion. I, I could go on. They had an issue, both of them going for a ball that leads to McNeil having to duck down for Lindor to get the throw off, which causes Lindor to bounce it in. And there's just been those little things. What it sounds like is that there was a little scuffling going on back there. Lindor's mad at McNeil. McNeil's probably mad too because they just can't seem to figure it all out. And they were probably maybe coming to some punches. Yeah. Well, and then Bilar got so. suspended because they said he incited their fight. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. And the rat and the raccoon were fined. Right. They were uh, <laughs> no, no rodents or marsupials were, were, <laughs> were harmed or in the making of this story. <laughs> so silliness ensues in Metland. So there's that, which brings us to the IL and uh, we can segue right into Jacob deGrom and his ever odd season. <laughs> so uh, Jacob deGrom is on the 10 day IL with right side tightness, but it sounds like, an oblique injury to me, which as a side note, there are 12 players on the IL on, you know, this is through both leagues with oblique injuries. That is the designer injury of the season for major league baseball players. Is that the down from 14? Is down from 14. It was so now 12. So I read on the athletic, Ken Rosenthal did a story about, the rising number of injuries this season. And one thing that caught my eye was that there's been a 97% increase in soft tissue injury. So Ooh. hamstring issues and oblique where we thought that it seems like nobody ever had oblique issues that we ever heard. Right. 97% increase. So that's why wow. we hear about all the time because there's, almost a hundred percent increase from before. I did want to mention, we I don't remember mentioning him before, but I do, I just like his name. G man Choi. Uh, he had knee surgery. I think he had that back last month. So he's out. George Springer had a strained quad came off the IL played and then got fatigued, took a nap, it, took a nap and now is back on the IL Christian Yelich, who has had back issues, got off the IL, now back on the IL. Next day. The next day. <laughs> yeah. Joey Votto broke his finger. 
Was he playing video games with uh, Lozano? With pitcher, yeah. And uh, now this one is maybe, it could be for the Twins, a loss is Byron Buxton is also on the IL with a grade two hip strain. And I did want to mention that Luis Robert will not require surgery on his hip, but his recovery time is still the same of three to four months. So good yeah, news. That's kind of that funny. He... Normally you get a surgery. It takes a little bit longer because of all the stuff that they do. But in this case, it doesn't matter. He's still right. going to be out the same. So I guess don't have the surgery. I don't know. Unless they're going to make you give you a bionic hip. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and there are lots of elbow injuries listed. I didn't count up the you elbow You know why? Injuries. That's from all the benches clearing brawls. They're all using their elbows come down <laughs> on a head or on a shoulder or something <laughs> like that in their uh, WWE battles. Yeah. <laughs> or the AEW. That's the, that's the new one. It's, if you watch wrestling, check out the AEW. I think it's on TNT Wednesday nights and check out Jungle Boy. The Jurassic Express. Well, it's funny because he's like one of those high flyers. The Jungle oh, Boys. nice. That's always exciting. My One of my favorites, Anthony Santander, Santander is, uh, <laughs> is out as well for the Orioles. Still, lots I of I think players. he has an ankle issue yeah. or something like that. Well, and... I didn't mention, you know, you mentioned um, for the Angels, Rendon, he was on the IL. He's back on the IL. For the Dodgers, I did want to mention Bruce Gratterall had an MRI on his elbow, but everything is good. So he should be coming back here pretty soon. Scott Alexander has shoulder, uh, I think, inflammation. That seems to be the other top injury. And... The good news for the Dodgers is Cody Bellinger has been doing some running. So oh, nice. that is good. And maybe he'll be back soon because we definitely can use him. All right. Some games to watch this week. Cardinals and Brewers. Cardinals have been surging. The Brewers have been kind of falling off. So we'll see if uh, how that works out with the, the Cardinals and the slumping Brewers. The uh, Yankees and Rays match up this week. Phillies and Nationals. So there's a couple of games to uh, to check out. Hey, what's that coming out of left field? Well, it might be free food and beer for Aaron Rodgers and his fiance. <laughs> Mr. Brew's Tap House says it will provide Aaron Rodgers and his fiance Shailene Woodley with free food and beer for life if Rodgers finishes his career as a Packer. So as we know, Aaron Rodgers, there's a lot of contention up there in Green Bay. And the founder and CEO of Mr. Bruce, Steve Day, said, Seriously, we can't let Aaron go. No way, no how. Not only is he coming off yet another MVP season, but he is the face of our beloved franchise. We aren't in a place to renegotiate his contract, but we can offer him and Shailene a delicious meal and great brews wherever they like. Come on, Aaron, please stay. That's, that's what the CEO said. So you think Jeopardy might counter that offer because maybe it seems like everybody's he, liking him there. And didn't he do like a spot on a TV show reenacting? I think on the uh, the Connors. Oh, maybe. Yeah, he reenacted I enacted his his role as guest host on Jeopardy. <laughs> 
well, on Jeopardy. I, I do catch Jeopardy uh, here and there. And I have to say, uh, the couple of episodes I saw with him, I really he was really good. Some of the others, they're just boring. They don't have good command of the board when they read the question. It's boring. But Aaron Rodgers, he had a he has good personality for for Jeopardy. So yeah, maybe Jeopardy might counter the offer. And unfortunately, but how maybe, do you beat burgers and beer? I don't for, know. For life, for life. It's not just until he quits. You know, and not just life. for him. No, it says they can eat burgers and drink beer. At any of the 15 Mr. Brew's Tap House locations in four states for free. Four states? Yeah, but there's none here, and this is where they film Jeopardy. Right. But so, so Jeopardy, Jeopardy would could say, we're going to make a deal with In N Out. Yeah. First, you can't get beer at In N Out, but they could have made a deal with, you know, any of those kind of places and said, hey, how about this? Buffalo Wild Wings for life, wings and beer nationwide well it'll be interesting to see the outcome of the what happens with aaron Rodgers if he stays with green bay and if he does we will know who to thank and that is steve day of mr brew mr brew's tap house do you think shailene woodley's like come on aaron come on offering i I really like some beer and burgers that's what they're offering it now, really puts it over the top. Now we'll find out that she's like a vegan or something like that. Right. <laughs> and we're going to get suspended for inciting her. That's right. <laughs> because we, we, we said she was going to eat a burger. What well, could be a veggie burger? That doesn't sound like a place that has veggie burgers. <laughs> Probably not. And that'll do it for this week's Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. Remember, you can find us on our website, SiblingRivalryBB.com, and on Facebook and Instagram at SiblingRivalryBB. We're also on Twitter at SiblingRivalryBB without the A. Email us, show at SiblingRivalryBB.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to our podcast. Next week on SRBB, we try to stay off the injured list and not incite anyone. I charge at you for that, but oh my oblique! <laughs>